You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jenna Sargent, news editor of SD Times. To begin, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Toby Knaup, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Day2IQ. Great. Nice to nice to have you on. I'm excited to talk about this topic since we're going to be talking about kind of um, how companies can plan around a recession mm-hmm. and having like possibly lower budgets. So I know there has been a lot of talk and worry about a recession in the U.S. over the past few months. There hasn't like officially been one declared, but a lot of financial institutions have been speculating that we might already be in one. Um, And you can kind of already see some of the effects of that. Like there's been a lot of inflation and dips in the stock market over the past few months. But since we're not a financial podcast, we're a software development podcast, I want to talk about the effects this will have on software development teams. So like traditionally in recessions, we've seen like higher rates of unemployment. We've seen companies like not making as much in profit and therefore cutting their budgets. So um, like I've already seen some posts from developers on Twitter and LinkedIn who have gotten laid off in the past few months. And it seems like there's been a lot more of that than normal. So I guess let's start there with like potential layoffs. Like how can developers prepare themselves in the event that this is something that will impact their company and them? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things um, I'm seeing tech executives, you know, CIOs and others um, really approaching a little bit different than they have done in, in past downturns and past recessions is um, they, there's really been a shift in terms of how their leadership, so how CEOs across the board um, look at tech investments. Um, I would say in the past, and you know this is um, especially true in in the 2000 downturn. You know they would look at the IT budget and just slash the budget across the board. And I think that's really changed. Now uh, people are looking, business leaders are really looking at um, differentiating, distinguishing between, uh, you know, IT initiatives, IT projects that have a direct impact on the business and those that maybe do not, that are more experimental. And um, and so they're looking at, you know, let's say they were planning to do 100 projects. They're now really looking at this and saying like, well, which of those 100 have a direct impact on my business, right? Which are driving revenue, which are cutting costs. Um, and so let's do those and not do the others. And so I think what that means for, for developers is, you know, if you are working at a company and you're working on something that has direct impact on the business, if you're working on the main product, um, you know, those those things will most likely continue. Um, if you're working on something a little bit more experimental, um, you know, I would say there's probably a, a higher risk. And, you know, obviously what a company decides uh, in terms of, uh, cost cuttings is 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 very individual, um, but I, I would say at a high level, that's that's how um, you know tech executives are looking at this. You know, what are must have uh, initiatives and which ones are nice to have. Mm-hmm. So, if a developer is kind of on one of those nice to have initiatives, should they be kind of brushing up their resumes and possibly planning for the event that they might not make it through this time at the company yeah, at that company? It's difficult to predict the future. And, uh, you know, I think, like you said yourself, uh, it's not even it's not even clear that, you know, we are entering a recession or not. I think people are kind of arguing over that. And and so, you know, what um, 
what companies are doing, how they're going to re respond and react is um, remains to be seen. I think what we're definitely going to see is that um, investments into digital initiatives, you know, especially when you're working at a company that is, um, you know, maybe a more traditional company and they're getting into into more digital products. I, I think that those investments are are going to continue. Where, you know, um, obviously the uh, you know the the straightforward thing to do here is uh, again to cut costs or you know look at investing into technologies uh, like Kubernetes that can help you cut costs that can help you run more efficiently. But a lot of uh, folks are also um, you know using this as an opportunity to look at new revenue streams, right? So they're investing in projects into initiatives uh, that allow them to to drive more revenue through through digital products. Um, you know, one example is our customer, Royal Caribbean. It's a cruise line. And, um, you know, they built all these digital services that passengers on their cruises can use, um, which help them help them drive revenue. And so, you know, I, I think that's that's one thing we're definitely going to see is a continued investment into those things that, that help uh, companies uh, drive top line. And so if you're a developer working on those projects, I think, uh, you know, mo most likely those are going to continue. Yeah, it's it kind of reminds me of like early 2020 when there at first there was a lot of uncertainty and some layoffs, but then there was also a lot of like innovation and digital transformation going on. So it's interesting that these like times of economic uncertainty are kind of like a a pressure to implement new technologies and like be more efficient. I, exactly. And I think I think there's a lot of success stories um, over the years where, you know, companies that really, you know, doubled down on, um, you know, using this time to to build out their competitive advantage, you know, really emerged out of um, out of a downturn as the leaders. Uh, there's an example. Cisco did that in the 90s. Right. Um, they um, when, when the Asian markets uh, were in trouble, they really used that time to think about, you know, when when the economy comes back. What do people need, and and really double down on product development, and 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 that you know help them help them scale up really quickly after that. Mm -hmm. So I know you you already mentioned that a lot of times, like the more experimental things kind of get dropped, and then the the like core business things are the things that'll keep going. But like for development teams specifically, are there any things that like development managers who are working with the budget can kind of do to prioritize like these projects when their funds are being cut? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what we do at Day2IQ is we help companies do Kubernetes the right way. So, you know, Kubernetes, which um, I'm, I'm sure most, uh, you know, listeners of the podcast are familiar with, you know, a leading container orchestration platform um, that, um, you know, pretty much every new digital initiative is based on these days. But there are many different ways to do Kubernetes. And so, you know, if you're working on a, a Kubernetes project specifically, or you're building something on top of Kubernetes, I think it's really critical to make sure that you stay focused on your project objectives, your the outcome, the value that you want to deliver to the company, and, uh, you know, not get distracted um, with, um, you know, let's say some some interesting new new tool that you found, maybe a you know, new interesting different way uh, to, to set up Kubernetes. You know, what, what we really help our customers with is to do it right. Um, you know, we've been in this cloud native space for almost a decade now and, you know, supporting 
uh, customers on some of the largest container deployments in the world. So, you know, going sort of the route where you have a guaranteed outcome, right? A risk-free outcome um, is that is the safe bet, right? That guarantees you that you're not wasting resources on, um, you know, maybe trying to do some things yourself um, that others have already solved for you. So I think, um, you know, looking looking at uh, solutions, you know, like our DKP platform, for example, that, you know, instead of reinventing the wheel, um, I, I think that's how you can de-risk your project and, and you know, really stay focused on, on the outcome. And uh, which then uh, the leadership team will also look at, you know, yeah, this is a this is a low risk outcome if we're going this route and using a, a proven solution here instead of, you know, starting uh, something that that may uh, feel a lot more researchy and risky. So I think that's that's definitely something that development managers can focus on is, you know, what is the lowest risk um, route that I can take to, um, you know, delivering um, this project to the business. It seems like in a lot of cases, employees are like the the most expensive part of like a company's budget. You spend a lot of money on personnel. So outsourcing like to a service rather than having your developers figure it out on their own also cuts costs. And like right. you said, it, it reduces risk. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I know this is a big topic and we only have like 15 minutes in these episodes. So I know we definitely haven't covered it all, but is there any final advice you have for weathering like this economic downturn as a software developer or as a development team? I think, you know, there's there's basically uh, three things um, I think development teams need to focus on um, because those are the same three things that, you know, their leadership um, all the way up to the CEO are focused on. You know, the first is um, being capital efficient, right? Um, budgets are going to get cut. And so so really, if you're looking at your project, look at, you know, what are the must-haves? What are the nice-to-haves, right? Where can I maybe go um, the the safer route that, you know, where, where there aren't, where I don't anticipate any, like, cost overruns. So, you know, being capital efficient um with with those projects and again you know not trying to reinvent the wheel use the solutions that are proven to to get to the outcome and um you know i think the the second one is is which which goes along with that is is to really um think about efficiency right like um i think a lot of times in in it budgets the the share of the it budget that goes towards just operating existing things continues to grow and so this is now a time to look at projects um, and actually investing in new projects that help you with efficiency, right? That help you run your infrastructure in a more efficient way. And, and for example, you know, cutting down on your cloud spending by just architecting um, your, your, or not even re-architecting, but just cutting waste in your infrastructure, right? This is, this is the time to prioritize these projects. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the next thing, and we talked about it, is, is new revenue streams, right? I think uh, a lot of organizations are going to be looking at that and using using this time to um, to to find these new, mostly digital um, revenue streams. So prioritizing those projects, and then to go along with that, and this is maybe the the primary value that Kubernetes and containers deliver is is agility, right? So getting to the outcome, showing proving to the business um, the outcome that you set out to achieve, you know, whether it's delivering a new revenue stream or, or cutting 
costs, uh, bringing a new product to market faster. Um, I think in a time of economic uncertainty where, where budgets are tight, um, you know, agility really matters even more than before. It always matters. It helps you get ahead of your competition, right, and bring your products uh, products to market faster. But now, even even more so. And so, I think you know these these three these three things as a as a guide, um, you know, will help any any company any development team um, weather the storm. Yeah, I think those those are three great pieces of advice. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me and for for sharing your your thoughts on this. I know that a lot of developers might be worried right now, so just having more information I think is always helpful. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Always a pleasure. Yeah. It was great having you. 